I'm R.A. Schwartz, along with Rachel Galligan and Ben Dole, and welcome to the Windsider Show, where it's all about the W. We're basically halfway through the WNBA season, what we know, where teams are, team rankings, and more. our show please considering consider joining our patreon community and read the wobble weekly from owen pence for less than a cup of coffee a month you can directly show support for the hard work we do covering the w and don't forget to see the amazing staff's written content over at winsider.com that's winsider.com we're nine or ten games through the WNBA season and we're going to run down what we know where your team ranks and more but we're going to start it off with a fun one talking about the MVP race, because now we can finally talk about that. Rachel, Ben, how's it going? Well, hey. Hi, Ben. Hey, Aria. Aria, I just want to let you know, you're getting really good at this intro and the swag you have with it. <laughs> I just want to go ahead and say that. Um, I know it's only taken you three years, but, you know, whatever. I'm, I'm just <laughs> um, No, happy to be here. How are you, Ben? I'm hanging in there. I'll 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 I'll, like, I'll uh, pretend that I'm rubbing off on Aria <laughs> where we trade roles in the other show. <laughs> Full credit to Ben. Um, Let's talk about the MVP race. Uh, I think typically you can kind of cut it down to three names, uh, maybe expand it to a dark horse or two. Um, I'm going to list the three players that I think are, or the four players that in my opinion are the top three in the MVP race and then one dark horse. I'm going to throw out a few stats and then I'm going to pass it over to Rachel and then to Ben. And you guys got to chime in if, if I miss somebody, uh, what you think the order should be in regards to this. So this is not in any specific order. But I'm talking my list is Candace Parker, 13 points a game, three and a half assists and nine and a half rebounds per game. Brianna Stewart with 18 and a half points per game, eight rebounds per game and three and a half assists per game. Asia Wilson. 21 points per game, nine rebounds per game. And then my dark horse, Angel McCautry, with 15.9 points per game and five rebounds per game. To me, those are the top four candidates. And I think it's kind of telling uh, when you look at the the rankings. Rachel, it's passing on to you. Give me a kind of who you think's in what place and uh, and if there's anybody I missed. I, I'm, I like the list. Um, I can't argue against any of it. You know, um, in terms of adding anyone or subtracting one, I think if you took someone out uh, right now, it would have to be Angel McCautry just because of, you know, the subtraction factor of what, you know, Asia Wilson's doing with Las Las Vegas. I mean, you know, coming into this thing in the first few weeks, even up until now, like to me, the clear favorite for MVP has been Brianna Stewart. She's played phenomenal. She hasn't skipped a beat. If possible, she's she's even improved. Um, But for me, I mean, Asia Wilson has has bridged that gap. quite a bit, you know, at least in the last week for me. And she's playing phenomenal her numbers I mean, leading, leading the league and, and scoring and, and just kind of what the aces are able to do. I mean, they got it rolling right now. That's six in a row. And, and so those are the top two. I think those are the clear favorites. Um, Candace Parker. I mean, she's been the steady force for the sparks, um, you know, the walking double, double, and, and we'll see if she can keep it going. And um, you know, some, some players around her can, elevate their level of play, you know, to really get the sparks to that next step of being one of the top, you know, 
two or three teams in the league. But um, I, I definitely think it's still Stewie, then Asia, um, probably Candace Parker, followed by Angel, if I had to order those four. Um, but, it, I mean, that, that gap between Stewie and Asia could, could come down to the wire, honestly. I'm with it. Ben, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I've got I've got the same one, two, three, Stewart, Wilson, Parker. It was Stewie, Seattle's eight and one, number one in offense and defense. And you know, defense defensively they have even a pretty comfortable margin there. But Stewart just looks good, you know, bringing the ball up the floor, maybe even a little bit more than she has recently. She's just that constant threat from three and, and there's just she just puts so much pressure on you all the time, even when she doesn't have the ball. And then to their team situation, Sue Bird's been in and out. Natasha Howard hasn't been what she was in 2018, let alone last season, where she did a lot more scoring. And you thought maybe that would kind of balance things out or just, you know, just it would just make them so much harder to guard. That really hasn't been the case. And not to upset the legion of Ezzy Magbagor fans, of which, you know, of which, you know, they're growing, they're growing exponentially by the day. It's a nice story. She's the fourth big. You know, she's like she's making some nice plays here and there, but like Brandon Stewart is driving most of this. You know, Alicia Clark's been steady as ever. Drew Lloyd's been scoring it pretty well, but like Stewart is driving this, especially them being the number one defense. As we, as time moves on from that loss to Washington, that just looks more and more. I felt that way at the time, and it's looking like that. Watching how they come out in some of these other games, it was just a dud. They didn't come ready to play. You know, they they played poorly on both sides of the floor. Washington made them pay, but you know, Seattle's been clearing away the best team. Well, I since we're talking about legions of fans and not upsetting anyone, I know there is a Midwest conglomerate uh, that would be extremely pissed off if I didn't pose this question. Uh, I'll let you guys decide who takes it, but Courtney Vandersloot, is she in the discussion at 11 points per game and eight and a half assists per game? Uh, either one of you want to take it first? I think I think Vandersloot, I think Vandersloot should be fourth. That's where I had her. Um, if you just say it out loud that like Seattle or Chicago is six and three diamond to shields is still coming off the bench. Hasn't been her normal self, especially offensively to carry something, you know, this load of, of a all WNBA type player. Steph Dolson missed seven of these first nine games. You're starting center that, you know, is such a big part of how their offense flows. Her backup point guard wasn't even there from the jump. Sydney Colson, and, and like Vandersloot is just a model of like being a constant threat. Like, I, I think I said this before, like you want to talk about who the best point guard in the league is like Vandersloot make you feel Vandersloot on every possession. Like she's always, she doesn't shut it off. She's always attacking. She drives their offense. And if you watch her more closely on defense too, like the effort, the effort is there too, which is really important for them not to, not to regress there. Yeah. Just, I mean, just real quick. I mean, we, we, the sky themselves, like it's, you know, they're up there, you know, they're, they're, they can play a really high level. I have some question marks um, still, but I mean, you know, it's hard for me to put Vandersloot like in this true top four or five, you know, conversation as, as, as an MVP, just, just based on sheer numbers, you know, And, and I know that sounds silly. Like, oh, we're just talking about like sheer scoring ability, but when you, when you peel back that layer and you really analyze it, shoot, you don't have to tell me. I think Courtney Vandersloot's the best point guard in the league, and I absolutely love um, what she brings to the. She she makes the Sky team, in my opinion, and, and as a facilitator and leader on the court. And um, I just think 
from a sheer number standpoint, like right now the sky like are a good team and like they, they can do some good things, but there's not like a superstar on this team that can be elevated to that MVP conversation, in my opinion. I agree with you. I would say though that if this team, you know, a week from now or closer to the end of the season is top seeded record wise, we have to look more closely at a person on this team for MVP race. And I think she would be. I agree. Great. I agree. All right. Moving on to can I can I jump in? Are you? Yeah, go for it. I have some I have some stuff I prepped on Wilson and Parker. I may as well use it here. <laughs> Do it. Um, <laughs> but, uh, as as I, like as we started with, I agreed on the order with uh, with Asia Wilson. Vegas being number two right now, it's seven and two. They haven't played Seattle yet, so you know if if, if these two teams continue on this path, obviously I think those two matchups are gonna you know people will take a lot from those. They shouldn't. Not that they should be the end-all, be-all, but those will obviously be, obviously be fun matchups and pretty important in this conversation. And all the talk about Vegas' offense. They're the number two offense, 105.3 offensive rating to Seattle's 106.3. Asia is such a big reason of that for that, of course. Thir- Vegas is third in defense as well. Wilson leading the league in scoring through Thursday. 7.1 free throw attempts per game leading the league there. Alyssa Thomas is kind of also in that ballpark, and then there's kind of a big drop-off in terms of who gets to the line the most. Asia isn't going to turn the ball over a lot. Like, you, you give it to her, you're, like, she's going to get a shot up. There's a ton of value in that. She's been eating eating up on the on the defensive glass, twenty eight over 28% defensive rebounding rate compared to t- a little under 22, what is what she was as a rookie. And obviously last year was l- much lower when it didn't obviously didn't need to be with Liz Cambage also there. Vegas has been the defense best defensive rebounding team in the league this year. They are still playing at the fastest pace in the league. So Asia's got, you know, it's not like she gets to walk up the floor every time and just rock down the block and say, here, give it to me. And Vegas is doing that playing Dierka Hamby next to Asia a lot. We saw at the very beginning, a little bit of Hamby at the three, but you know, Bill Ambeer has been quick to go to Hamby early in a game they're closing games together at the four and the five. And I think that, you know, the defensive rebounding there is so imperative. And just that, like, you know, that, like, their they're best five, like, I think they're able to, they're able to compete and just having Asia as an option. Yeah, so LA, sixth in defense so far. They're, they're at six and three, or second in defense, sixth in offense. So the defense has been huge. And I think Candace has been, like, the, the biggest part of that. Tia Ruffin Pratt has now been out. And Neko Gumake, frankly, just hasn't performed, you know, really close at all to her standard. And Chelsea Gray hasn't exactly been dominating games. So, like, where do you think that's coming from if L.A. is playing this well? Derek Fisher has been staggering Agumake and Candace Parker quite a bit. And they're making that work. And you have to remember that, like, their guard depth is pretty good. Their backup bigs are completely unproven at this level, right? Like, Marie Gulich had some nice moments. She hasn't done it for a winning team. Christina Nigue was playing on, you know, finished the season on a lottery team last year and played a little bit, you know, when she was with Connecticut. But, you know, your backup bigs are totally unproven. Obviously, they the, the big shot of not having Maria Vadiva or Cheney Agumake backing them up, they don't have that same luxury. Candice is shooting the three much better. But I think last year that was a pretty big outlier where she only t- shot 27%. She's back up in the mid-30s, which has kind of been her norm right. of late. 
She's been a monster on the defensive glass too, 32% defensive rebounds, which is like barely behind Sylvia Fowles right now. And that's obviously been a bugaboo for them in some key spots in the past, kind of like with Vegas where you might be a little small like going up against the center, but it's just really important to, to rebound. And they've like, they've been playing small again. Remember like Simone Augustus at the four and like, they've still been able to rebound enough. And obviously Candace can ignite their transition game when she is able to just start with the ball. I like what you're saying, bringing in them stats. Well, we're going to move on to a different segment. What we've learned from each team so far, we, we played around with this uh, in our last episode with all three of us. Uh, we're going to go through it again. Excuse the order. Uh, had to throw some people listening off so they can't just skip to their team. Let's start with the Chicago Sky. One sentence, each team. Uh, we're going to go me, Ben, Rachel, all the way down just to make life easier. Um, so after I finish, please hop in. Chicago Sky, uh, up and down. We're, like For me, it's going to be consistency. And the I guess I'm going two sentences. <laughs> the other thing for me is when you look at the stats, they have a lot of similarities so far this year to last year's stats. My question is, can they exceed that? Can they take the next step? Obviously, it's the question that we've had all year round. Ben? James Wade was 100% right to prioritize and uh, value Kalia Copper as he did in free agency, and, and Copper has delivered by, by taking the next step in her career. Rachel. Ben had to take mine, but... <laughs> I will go ahead and make my second sentence that I am still very concerned about the carelessness with the basketball at times and the number of turnovers that they have and how that's going to translate down the stretch. It's a, it's a big concern for me. Indiana fever. They got to play the, the youngins more. The vets, you're not winning a championship. The vets aren't winning a championship. Figure out what you got on this roster. Ben. Kelsey Mitchell's showing signs of, making a leap, whether you call her a point guard, a two guard, they're kind of giving her chances to do both. And Mitchell has, has, has performed, shown some, shown some signs of that early in the season. Big fan of Julie Alamond. Um, I think she is a phenomenal um, for general. Um, I really like what she brings to this team and I'm excited to see her continue to grow. Washington mystics. Well, they are who we thought they were, Ben. (laughs) Wow, that was harsh. <laughs> um, I mean, yeah. <laughs> they're they're doing they're doing what they can. I think there's just so much pressure on Emma Misaman as much as we as we've talked about the minutes of some star players. I think you're seeing how that has kind of worn on Misaman a little bit, and I think I, I really wonder as they try to to rack up some wins here if she'll continue to have her legs, especially to, to continue knocking down knocking down jump shots to make people pay from the outside. Yeah, it just feels like the last week and a half, um, some just breakdowns defensively, you know, being able to defend and, and get stops. And, you know, p- part of what made the Mystics really good last year was their rebounding ability, you know, and just being dominant on the glass. And, and we haven't really seen that this year. Um, they're, they're getting out-rebounded quite often. So... Um, it's kind of my concern. Moving on to the Connecticut Sun. Uh, my sentence is we're two, they're two weeks behind the rest of the league. Uh, yeah, we got it. Now we can finally see what this roster can do. It's going to be a fun one. Ben? Kyla Charles looks really good on both ends of the ball since entering the starting lineup for them. They might really have something. If she's going to make shots, she really fits right in 
with their defense, with her activity, how long she is. And, you know, for them, Kurt Miller saying, hey, she was top 10 on our draft board. Maybe maybe they were they were onto something there. And some people some people overlooked some things with her as a prospect. I don't have a, a ton. You know, I mean, I, I just anticipate that we'll see a lot more progress and we'll see more wins as we go on. And, and I'm just like I said a couple of times, I'm excited about January getting back in here and, and, and the shot in the arm that she brings to this team. Atlanta dream. Well, we're not going to know. <laughs> I mean, yeah, this, this team's going to struggle without Kennedy Carter. How about Kalani Brown being back? I think that's an exciting angle for them to follow. Just having somebody you can kind of throw it into inside, let her kind of stretch out a little bit, explore her jumper for the first time at the pro level. At least I think that's a fun, fun angle to watch for the, the long-term future of the franchise with the rest of the season. I mean, you know, I'm just disappointed about Carter. Um, still waiting to see what Courtney Williams looks like with this team. Um, it still seems like a very odd situation and fit right now. Um, you know, and by no, nowhere near, you know, the level of play that she was playing with Connecticut um, last year. So, uh, you know, still a lot of questions there, but Laney's playing well. She's been the anchor for this team. Going to have to be. Moving on to the New York Liberty, all I'll say is Shook and Jones. Ben? Uh, yeah, just the same the same thing, just continuing to watch their those young wings for them will be an important thing here. Megan Walker especially, I'm, I'm really interested to watch these next five or six games or so as she can kind of get into the rotation and she's a really good shooter you know, she'll find her legs there and that can that can really help them out. I, I, I'm going to be honest, I really don't have much. <laughs> Then let's move on to the Seattle Storm. Me, they're waiting for the crown, Ben. Brianna Stewart's playing at a really high level. It's been really, really fun to watch. I think they're trying to trying to get Natasha Howard going a little bit in the meantime. But I think Jewel Lloyd, we're seeing the kind of player she can be after a little bit of a last year, last season to give them to give them that extra dimension to their offense that they've needed with, with Suber missing some time. It's just such an such an efficient offense, and like Sammy Whitcomb and her three point shooting ability is just insane. You know, she, shooting close to fifty percent, and just how confident she's playing. And you know, we've said it before that a season of opportunity, but it's cool to see, you know, even players on the, on the top teams, you know, be able to seize these opportunities to the next level. And, and uh, you know, they're 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 as efficient as any other team in the league. That's why they're top. <laughs> uh, moving on to the Las Vegas Aces. Uh, I'd say they've got a full house. Uh, that is a pun, and take it as you want, Ben. <laughs> this team's pretty good. Like, I think they might, you know, it's like they might kind of know what they're doing with what they have. They they had a they had a tough time trying to fill, you know, those two key ab- absences that they're missing so late in the game. But with what they have, I, like they're they're clearly on the right track. This is an easy team to love for me. I see them. Um, see, I'm going to use my New York Liberty sentence for this, so I'll just kind of have a couple here. But um, I feel like this team fits really well. Like it's been put together really well. You have some really key pieces. You have some, um, you know, younger players who are taking their games to the next level. I.e., Jackie Young looks like the Jackie Young we all hoped that she could be in the WNBA. Derek Hamby's playing you know, the way she plays, that steady force. And then you've got, you know, the top two player in the league, Asia Wilson, dominant inside. And I think, you know, it's there's not as 
much congestion when you don't have the element of trying to figure out Asia Wilson and Liz Cambage together. I, I appreciate that. And I echo that because you definitely went on further. <laughs> and maybe uh, LA Sparks, uh, they can win a championship if NECA and uh, Chelsea step their game up to play that they, that the level that we know they can because Candace Parker is carrying this team. And also, heck, they got the GOAT, Simone Augustus. <laughs> ben. I like that they're playing small. Their guard depth is looking pretty good. And, you know, the way that the way they're playing with keeping one of Candace Parker and Neko Gumake on the floor, I think that can really help them and that this can actually be sustainable. And I think Agumake, especially if we can kind of see her kind of round into form, that will give them a big boost after what's already been a good start for them. I feel like I'm starting to see what Michael Fisher and this franchise was doing in terms of um, some of the signings that were done in the free agency and retaining some of these players for the future, you know, specifically Sydney Weiss. Um, but this, they've, they've got a ton of potential here, no doubt. Moving on to Minnesota Lynx, I'm going to say I'm worried uh, for this team if Sylvia Fowles out for a long time. But like realistically, this team's pretty much you know where we expected them. Defense is going to hold them down. Offense is the question mark, Ben. The Lynx, found, like, the Lynx found themselves some players. Like This is two years in a row. Last year we're talking about these moves they made, kind of you might even say on the margins. And it's like, where were all these other teams on some of these moves? They got Bridget Carlton for nothing. She got cut. Nobody picked her up. Crystal Dangerfield field falls to the middle of the second round. Like this, like this is how this is how you build a sustained winner. Like you have to nail those transactions, and and the, the links have have appeared to have have done it again with some of those moves for this year. I love Rachel? some of the moves, and I love that you know a player like Bridget Carlton's coming in here and just using an opportunity for to, to take some spots in the future. I mean, she's in my mind solidified um, herself on this team. Moving on to the Phoenix Mercury. Uh, for me, I'm just going to say it's going to ride on the back of what Skylar Diggins is able to do. Um, we kind of know I'm not going to get into Brittany Griner, but so I'm, I'm putting this on Skylar Diggins and, uh, I'll save myself from getting in trouble. Ben? They've got, they've got to bring it defensively more consistently. They've got to buckle down a little bit to, to be a little bit better there. Their offense just can't be the same without Tarasi in the meantime. And they've, they've just got to. You know, they, their margin for error has slipped a little bit, but Bria Hartley's been off to a good start, and Skylar Diggins-Smith had that big game the other night, so you can look to look to build on that and have a couple more of those. Rachel, and then add in a shameless plug for our Bria Hartley <laughs> podcast that we just dropped this I, week. I'm, I'm impressed with Hartley. Um, I, it's, it's really fun to see her um, in this new situation and, you know, just rejuvenated and playing the way that she's she's playing and, if you haven't checked it out yet, check check us out on the Windsider pod. The other one released earlier this week of uh, Bria Hartley joined us as we talked about her game, overseas life, life in the, the wubble with her son. It's a great one, so make sure you check that out. Moving on to the Dallas Wings. Exciting team. Uh, I'd like to see my, my one sentence for this team, play Ty Harris all day, every day. The, the, yeah, the rookies, for the most part, in all, all in all have looked have looked pretty good out there they need they need more from these veterans they need more from Mariah Jefferson to create for their offense they need a stew do to reemerge I don't know what's happened these last couple of games she didn't play well and, and now is almost out of the rotation they, they need more from those two they 
they've got to be able to to get stops consistently. Um, I, I think their defense struggles a lot. Let me remind you, not only do we have the Windsider show that you're listening to now, we also got Windsider Daily with Ben and myself, mostly Ben, so not to take his his shine away. Uh, daily recaps of WNBA games on game day. Tune in, catch up if you missed the game, get some insight if you watched the game. And don't forget the written content on Winsider.com. That's Winsider.com and the Winsider Network, a collection of WNBA podcasts. Subscribe to them all. They're on all your favorite podcast apps, and you can bookmark the website. Moving on to power rankings, a fun one. For me, I broke it into four tiers. You got the standalone leader, the Seattle Storm. You got the contenders, or people who are in contention, the aces, the sparks, and the sky. And then you got the not contender level, but are going to make the playoffs. And when I say not contender, I mean, again, power ranking currently. I got the Mercury and the Lynx there. And then fighting for a playoff spot, I got the Sun, Wings, Fever, and Dream. And did I say four tiers? Because I meant five, because then you got the teams not making the playoffs. And for me, that's the Liberty and the Mystics. Anybody got any glaring omissions, any glaring, Aria, you're wrong, I would change that. I had the same tier two. I had my order was Chicago, LA, Vegas, you know, bumping LA up because I think as all three of their stars start to play a little bit better, I just I just think they have a lot more to show. And Chicago as they get healthy especially, I think they can they can really challenge Seattle and I, I bumped Connecticut into that third tier. I mean, look at these other teams. Like, like they got they got one of their big rotation players back. Like at their, I don't I like I we can put them in the same. We can bump them up a tier. Like I don't get why. Yeah, yeah. They need to be on level with these other teams. Yeah, I hear that. Yeah, I definitely think the Sun. You know, there there is no reason to to, to not believe that they could get some string some wins together and, and bump themselves up in the standings and should definitely be in the same level with. Phoenix and, and Minnesota. I would even make a slight argument. I mean, I might might be a little crazy for this one, but the Aces are really pushing to get up into that tier one. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I, I guess I'm, I'm holding off on that a little bit. I want to see them go. And maybe that's just like a, a recency bias or I haven't seen them. You know, the teams that I've seen them go up to, uh, I just haven't. I don't know. I want to see them against uh the storm basically before but yeah no i hear you um any final thoughts on the power ranking i'm good uh i got nothing all right well then we're moving on to a fun segment that ben decided to add to this episode so i'm gonna let ben take it over but it's veterans on a new team ben yeah i just thought it'd be it'd be good to talk about some you know this is a i guess you can call it a a part one you know we're not going to touch on every veteran that's changed teams but i think some of the players that have had some of the biggest roles, I think it's it's good to touch on them and kind of just share how we like how we feel. You know, how are they being used? How how well are they how are they performing? And how are they kind of how much of an impact are they kind of having with the team? And and you know, we've we've brought up Angel McCautry a little bit in this episode. I think that's a good name to start with. You know, she's seven for fourteen from three so far. That's obviously a great start. Not going to be a fifty percent shooter all year, but good to see her at least taking those and just Angel McCautry looks good and she gives them another option. She gets inside. They can post her up attacking quickly off the catch and, and for their defense too, them just having a ball Hawk out there, you know, they're, they're more of a conservative 
defensive team. So having somebody that, and you know, Bill Ambeer has kind of said he, he wants, he wants to make sure and he doesn't want Angel to gamble too much, but having somebody that can force some turnovers too really has helped them out. I mean, Angel's been playing great. It's been ridiculous. I want to shine a little light on Bria Hartley. You know, looking at the Phoenix Mercury, a big question mark was, okay, but what about their depth? We know they got the star power, but what about their depth? And having Hartley come off the bench and at a certain point, um, I, I don't want to date this uh, this episode too much, so I'll say at a certain point, she was coming off the bench and leading this team in scoring. And that is a huge key for this team and their possible success. Also, we got to talk about Brittany Sykes. I mean, Brittany Sykes finally gets into the starting rotation for the LA Sparks. She's a player I was super hyped on when that trade happened. Uh, I feel like she wasn't getting enough minutes, wasn't getting enough ball um, in Atlanta. But coming over to LA, I mean, she's exactly what they need. They need an athletic thrasher uh, who can get to the line, who can play defense, who can really bring some energy. Um, and to have her and, and and the rest of the makeup of that, that roster is is ridiculous. Rachel, talk to me to Azrae Stevens. I mean, she's been phenomenal. I mean, I'm going to be the first one to say I, I'm a little bit surprised. I know that sounds crazy because, you know, how highly sought after Azrae Stevens was coming out into the draft and, and the potential that she has. I I felt like, that you know, a change of scenery and, and playing under James Wade would be good, but I didn't expect that she would quite do what she's doing. She looks phenomenal. She She's playing great. Um, I think it's the ceiling is – is, is, is unknown at this time. And I think she's just going to keep playing better. I've been really impressed with her. Yeah. Steven Stevens has been really fun to watch. She's shooting it well from three attacking off the dribble, running the floor, just getting, getting all that stuff from one of your forwards offensively is just such a huge lift. She's a difference maker with her length around the basket to block some shots. So it was just, that trade was just such a win for them, you know, to Hartley, like Arya mentioned, just, Having someone shoot off the bounce, I think they've identified the proper role for her, freeing her up to shoot more, shooting 57% in the paint so far. I really like how she's exploded on some of these drives. Just really, you know, when she's playing really decisive, I can pull up for the jumper or I'm going to try to get all the way to the rim. That's been really effective for them. And Lasia Clarendon wanted to get to next. Gonna have a, probably gonna have a career high in usage here if this continues, which you would expect with Sabrina Ionescu being out. Leja's been hitting some threes off the bounce. That's been pretty impressive to to add that to her game. You got you got to start. You got to you just got to take those. Has hit a few pretty big ones and some big moments for them. So that's that's a, a nice development to see. Nine for twenty two from three so far early in the season. Strickland and Courtney Williams. I mean, obviously some big name vets on new team. Courtney, as we touched on earlier in this episode, really trying to find her footing. And Shakina Strickland, honestly, has struggled from three uh, throughout the season. She's had some bright spots, but we've seen enough of her to know what she's capable of doing. And I think it's just kind of a growing pain. Uh, last player I want to touch on before we log off, and, I'll, and obviously I'll give everyone else a, a last chance. But Simone the Goat Augustus uh, has been a huge, huge key for the, the Los Angeles Sparks this season. Uh, motivating the team as a vocal leader, but also motivating the team on the court. Um, you know, there's a reason why I call her the GOAT. There's a reason why, even if you don't call her the GOAT, you acknowledge that she is one of the greatest players to touch the WNBA basketball court. She has been a huge shot in the arm for the LA Sparks, as other vets have maybe struggled a little bit. 
Rachel, any final thoughts? I agree. I agree. Been 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 great to watch. Um, love it for her. Um, huge fan. I know. I know. I speak for for both of us. So. Um, really happy, and and I love the leadership that she brings. You know, I, th- I think that's very much needed in LA. Simone's making shots. You know, that's what they that's what they needed so badly. They need players to plug in around their big three that you can count on that are reliably going to make shots with these players that you know are going to draw even more attention in a playoff setting. Augustus is making those shots so far, and it's it's somebody I think you can, you know, playing like this. She's, she looks healthy. Somebody playing like that, like that's somebody you can count on. For less than a cup of coffee a month, you can directly show support for the hard work we do covering the W. This has been The Insider Show.